0: And welcome to the Cardinal and Cream podcast. Uh, this is our second episode of the semester, our third episode since we've got this project up and running, and we are very excited to finally have the podcast back to Cardinal and Cream. My name is Katherine Ann and I have the honor of being the news editor for Cardinal and Cream this year. And I am joined today with two lovely ladies, Emma McDaniel and Maddie Washington. And I'm very excited for the conversation that we are going to be having today, but Before we jump into that, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves, so if you guys could tell everyone your name, your year, your major, where you're from, and then tell us what your favorite book is and why.
1: Well, my name is Maddie Washington. I'm a sophomore public relations major from Pontotoc, Mississippi, and I would have to say that my favorite book is probably Little Women, Mm. just because it's so heartwarming and happy, but it's... It's filled with trials that are really realistic, and I can relate yeah. to some of them. So, I just really enjoyed that that's one. Good choice,
0: hot take. I've never read Little Women. I know you it should. it's a flaw. I know it is. I'm a, it's on my list. I'm going to get there. I've it's seen such an easy read.
1: I've heard the, the uh, movies are so good.
0: Yeah, I'm holding off on the movie, holding off until I've read the book. And so that's kind of like my: if I read the book, I can reward myself and watch the movie.
2: Excellent decision. Yeah. I I recommend. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, my name is Emma McDaniel. I am a senior digital media communications major I'm from just outside of Atlanta in Lowburn, Georgia. My favorite book probably has to be Seven Daughters and Seven Sons. Mm. Uh, I first read it when I was, I think, 11, and it was the fuel to my escape is fantasies mm. that I really needed at the time.
0: Yeah, who wrote that? I don't think I've heard of that. Me neither.
2: Let me check. I forget. Yeah i
1: I typically read within fantasy, so I'm I'm a little concerned that I don't know that oh, one.
0: Is that fantasy?
2: <laughs> it's fiction. It's not fantasy. Okay. Uh,
0: okay. Okay. That might be my why I've not heard of it. Is it classic or is it contemporary?
2: I don't know. Like it's one of those books. Barbara Cohen.
0: Barbara Cohen. Hmm,
1: Barbara. I don't recognize that. Me either.
0: It
2: was published in
0: 1982. Okay. Oh, so it's a
2: it's a little bit old. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I'll have to add that one to my list. It's it's great. My roommate finished it in a day. Excellent. Ooh. That's always a good sign. A nice short it's mm-hmm. a good sign. Well, as I've said, my name is Catherine Ann. I am the news editor for Cardinal and Cream, and I am a junior double major in communications and creative writing. I am from Jackson, Tennessee. And my favorite book changes every time I'm asked this question, um, and it's very hard. So my favorite book today is going to be Jane Eyre. Um, I really love how that book kind of just depicts this girl who's trying to find her place in the world, and by the end of it, she's grown so much that she's able to make the decisions and do the things she's always wanted to, but now she can do them on her own terms, and the decisions are kind of not being made for her anymore. And I just feel like it's a really beautiful picture of growth. I also think there's some really cool gospel imagery in Jane Eyre, but I'm not going to spoil the book um, for those who haven't read it. Um, this is your sign to go read Jane Eyre if you have never read Jane Eyre.
1: I, for one, never have. <laughs> never have. My well, roommate tells me I need to,
0: though. Yeah. Well, I haven't read Little Women. You haven't read Jane Eyre? Sounds like I'll you can do swap. a trade-off there. <laughs> Um, So the reason that I asked you guys to share your favorite books is that we are actually going to be talking about books today And I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite topics that I could go hours and hours on um, But no never fear. I will not go hours and hours today Um, We're actually going to be talking specifically about reading slumps, um, and I think that this is something that a lot of people can relate to, especially people who really enjoy reading. Um, I think we've all had those times in our lives where we've um, gone a few months or um, a year, maybe even many years, where we just have not loved reading the same way that we used to. This conversation kind of was born from other conversations that we've been having in class about reading slumps and the books that got us out of our reading slumps. But I'm hoping to talk more generally today about maybe why we get into those and maybe some things that we can do to help ourselves get out of reading slumps. But to go ahead and kick us off, how about you tell everyone a little bit about what your experience with reading is like when you are not in a reading slump? So maybe like How often do you read? What kind of things do you read? Just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I am actively in a reading slump right now. Okay. As it would have it, I've been in one since I started here at Union. Dang. It's it's brutal. It's rough. It is. Before, I would read all the time. We have, at my parents' house, we have an entire wall that's just a bookshelf, and it's a pretty big wall half the books are just mine.
0: Wow. That I
2: read when I was little. It's a dream, honestly. It's mm-hmm. great. Sometimes I'll just walk in there and pick one up because I've already read it. And so it's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of sad because like, right when I entered the slump, I just gone and I bought an 800 page book to read that I was really excited about. Wow. It's still sitting on our coffee table in my dorm. No. Unread. What oh. book is it? It is Priory of the Orange Tree. Yes,
0: that's on my list. I want to read that one too. You, you know can that have is? my copy. <laughs>
2: have, you can borrow
0: my copy. <laughs> I might need to buy my own. I'm an aggressive annotator, mm. so I gotta. Yeah, I gotta mark up my books. Yeah, I'm very gentle with my books. Yeah, that's mm. fair.
1: Contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. I do a bit of both, depending on what I'm reading. But recently, it's been a lot of school books mm. because I am also in a re- reading slump. Yeah. Um, I picked up Six of Crows at the beginning week. Love that book. Don't hate me for this, but I picked it up the beginning week of freshman year to read it. It went the whole two weeks of it being on loan to me. I renewed it online. It went another two weeks, and I eventually had to call it quits because I was not going to get around to it. So it's remained unread, and my sister is not happy with me, but (laughs) we'll have to wait for the reading slump to get out of my system.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that you guys both have mentioned fantasy books. Would you say that's the genre you guys tend to stick to? Almost exclusively.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say exclusively for me, but back when I was devouring books like every other day, mm-hmm. then that was pretty much what I was reading.
0: Yeah. And I relate to the almost exclusively comment. I It's not exclusively, exclusively what I read. I also read classics and some Christian nonfiction, but YA fantasy is definitely where my niche is. Um, and I totally relate to the college reading slumps. I can't say that I'm necessarily in one now. It's not that I don't love reading. It's more that I don't have time to read right now, but I do love it when I pick it up, when I pick up a book. Um, and I, I'm like you guys, I devour books over breaks. That's all I do. I go down to my couch. I read until it's time to go to sleep. And then I do that again the next day and the next day. Um, and you guys have mentioned some really great books. So, um, on the topic of being in reading slumps, um, what would you say that your experience has been like in reading slumps? Um, what, what kinds of things do, um, do you think that you feel when you go to try and read? Is it like tiring or just not joyful?
2: I think mine is mostly fueled by anxiety Mm. because like if I sit down to read, I want to spend a good chunk of time reading. Yeah. I don't have time to do that anymore. And I just, I become too anxious if I'm sitting that still for that long. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I have to be able to, like, move.
0: Yeah. Did you, when you read a lot before, were you able to sit still for that long?
2: Oh, yeah. Because I was homeschooled, so I didn't have much of a schedule Mm -hmm. for most of my life. So just whenever I got around to my school, I'd do it. And whenever I wanted to read, I would just go read.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, like maybe the go, go, go of a college school schedule has made you more anxious about sitting down for long periods of time? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I get that.
1: I would agree with Emma on just feeling anxious, actually having the time to devote to the book, but mm. also it's the ability to commit your mind to paying attention to that many details mm. because typically in a fantasy setting, you have all of these names that are typically very weird. Yeah. You have all of these place names to go along with it and you have all the usually they have a very strong political structure that you're having to you know think about with kingdoms and stuff and so all of that sort of gets muddled in your brain and you're not able to dedicate the time or the energy that you have been used to and it's just very different
0: yeah honestly that's interesting that you say that Maddie because I feel like for me when I read fantasy it's kind of like I can do less with my brain. It's more of a brain off switch for me. I can just have fun with the people on these pages that are definitely not real and would never be real. <laughs> um, so do you think that reading for you is different? Is it more more of a um, an exercise in, like, having to pay more attention to something?
1: Um, I'm not sure if I would say... Well, in the sense of during college I would say yes Mm -hmm. because my brain when I'm studying I want to be able to focus on every single little detail and so I think I transfer a bit of that over into my Mm -hmm. reading style because I would say in summer when I have nothing to think about absolutely not reading is (laughs) like effortless it's almost just like you know talking to people or you know something that you just do without using a lot of brain power but um you know, when I'm on the schedule of school and my mindset is more of learning and wanting to apply all of this knowledge, then I feel like reading becomes more of a, more of a chore, yeah. which is sad.
0: Yeah, that is sad. I think I can understand trying to turn off the school part of your brain. I think that's hard for me in more areas of my life than even just school. I feel like I see that show up on, I don't know, today is my Sabbath and my brain It's been so hard to turn it off today and rest. It's just like, you got to make a list because you're forgetting something. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think I get that, that tendency to transfer the school mindset into something that's just supposed to be fun. Um, I think we've, we've mentioned school a lot. Do you think that has school historically been the cause of your reading slumps?
2: I think so. This is the first time I've ever had like extreme structure Mm. around a lot of my life with work and school and all that stuff. But I don't know. All I know is whenever I tend to have more structure, like if my parents had a business meeting to go, like a business trip to go on and they take us, I wouldn't be able to read then because we'd have scheduled activities. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be able to like relax my brain enough yeah. to just absorb the words.
0: Do you, So do you think it's like similar to what? Maddie and I were saying about like trying to turn off your working brain so that your fun brain can turn on and just be effortless.
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah. There's probably a work-life balance aspect of it because Mm -hmm. you were mentioning, you said that being in college has provided the most structure you feel Mm -hmm. that has been sort of outlining your life for the past years. Um, Well, being in public school throughout high school and middle school and elementary, you go to school, you do schoolwork, and then you go home and You might have like an hour or two of homework and then you're done. And the concept of that is that I had a lot of time to dedicate to doing whatever I wanted with my mental energy. And it wasn't all stress because I knew that I could go home after that. Yeah. We live on campus right now and or we live near campus right now and we're always surrounded by this academic mindset. So Mm. I'm thinking that that might be my issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like in the past when I've done been in reading slumps, I was homeschooled too. Um, I've always been a very structured person myself though, so I kind of maybe impose structure on my life where it probably doesn't need to be. Um, but I think for reading slumps in the past, they've also been caused by school for me. And I think that it was part of that work-life balance where when reading was homework, And then I sat down to have fun. I was like, no, fun isn't homework and reading is homework. And it's hard (laughs) to differentiate between fun reading and homework reading. Um, Do you guys maybe think there's an or is there, would you say for you, an element of it that it's is maybe being an adult and maybe this isn't something adults do? Or is that something that you just don't really feel?
1: Mm, I I'm not certain that it has to do with being an adult because i feel like we're still figuring that out yeah. to a certain extent <laughs> yeah. um we we still get a certain amount of time to spend with like friends but i do think it's having that close proximity to other activities or to other things available that might be a pushing point mm. for not immediately going to reading as our first alternative to work yeah Like that might not be our first source of entertainment because we might have friends to talk to and, um, you know, TV shows to watch or get togethers to host. So maybe that's what shifted is that we're in charge of our own schedules and there's other things that we see that we could be doing.
0: Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think I definitely feel the pull to do other things. Um, maybe even things that aren't restful sometimes, like, oh, I don't have homework to do. Well, it's a good thing there's a big pile of dishes that I <laughs> need to do now, or, like, time to wash my whites. Um, and sitting down to read is really hard to justify, maybe, for me. Um, and I think I think I like what you said about we're more in charge of our schedule now. So maybe it's less of, like, an adult thing um, and more of a we're finally in charge of what we're doing thing, which is perhaps the same one and the same as being an adult, I don't know, might be a conversation for a different day. Um, But yeah, I I think that I think you make some good points there. Um, Do you guys feel like when you read for school, that you, you find that fun? Or is that more just a thing you do? Because you have to?
2: Absolutely not. Even in my creative writing class I took. Even the stuff that, in theory, I should have liked I just I couldn't get into because I was being forced to do it. Mm. Even in high school, when my mom would assign books for me to read, I just wouldn't read them okay. because I wanted to do it of my own volition. I guess. Very but,
0: interesting. So it's the forcing aspect, like a you have to do this sort of thing that mm. makes it not fun anymore. Yeah. yeah.
2: Pretty much, I think.
0: Yeah. Do you th- say the same things, Maddie? I
1: I think I would. Um, in another sense, when professors give us the option to pick what we would like to do. Like, for example, um, in my public communications class, I was given the option to do a speech on whatever I wanted. So I went to the library. I found a book on the king that built Neuschwanstein Castle in Germany because I (laughs) had a weird niche hobby of wanting to learn more about that. And I genuinely enjoyed it so much that um, one of my best friends bought the book for me. And wrote a little note in there like, oh, I knew you enjoyed this, and here it is. So I awesome. actually enjoyed that because I got to facilitate facilitate what I was doing.
0: Yeah. So do you guys think that if there was more freedom in classes where they assign reading to maybe choose, um, that that would help? Like, is it, like, complete freedom where just go choose something to read or does having maybe, like, one out of these three you can read, does that also – trigger that i'm being forced to do this so i don't want to
2: i think the one out of three would make it a lot better Mm. i know that would be a lot on professors to find multiple different things to get the same sort of information but i think it would definitely help some
1: yeah i agree i think the total freedom would be a tad bit difficult because some subjects you can't just allow freedom you have to you know tone it down and narrow the field so that they're learning what you intend them to learn right I do think the one in three would be a good idea.
0: Yeah. I've thought about this a lot um, because I've read a few articles recently about the death of the English major, um, and they're kind of tracking it back to we're killing people's love of reading in school um, because of how we're teaching people to read. um, And it's too structured of a thing, basically, is what they're saying. Like, you're teaching kids to sit down with a pen in hand and to look for the symbolism and... um, the irony and the juxtaposition, which are skill good skills to have, but when you're taught how to read every time like that, um, then I think we get into this problem where we can't turn off our school brain to turn on the brain for fun, um, and so reading for fun just isn't fun anymore. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys feel like um, that's kind of how you were taught to read in high school?
1: I would completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. We read the same passage of Odysseus. Oh, Odysseus. The- at least three years in a row and never touched any other passage it was the same passage about the sheep and (laughs) not the sheep yeah it was and we never got to any other part of it and so by the third year I had my answer down I didn't even have to really think on the test I would just write what does this passage mean and what does this have cultural significance about and that's all that I would have to do I wouldn't even have to think so Mm -hmm. I would agree
0: Yeah. What was your experience like homeschooling with that?
2: My mom actually kind of implemented some of the like choose one of three thing. Mm. Because when she realized that she wasn't going to be able to force me to read something, she essentially would give me assignments like here is like a handful of different books. You're probably going to have to read them all eventually, but pick the one you're most interested in and write a book report about it. Did that work? It did. It did work. And Mm. it was pretty great.
0: What was your favorite book that you read like that?
2: think, um, geez, what's it called?
1: Like King of the Wind?
0: Hmm. Aww, I think.
1: I never had to read that one. <laughs> I didn't either.
0: That sounds nice though, King of the Wind. I like that it's title. Very poetic title. It's a very poetic title. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say you're talking about your mom forcing you to read books. My mom did the same for me. Um, and I remember actually she gave me, I don't remember if she gave me where the red fern grows or Bridge to Terabithia, mm. Terabithia first. Um, but she gave them to me back to back, which was cool in and of itself. (laughs) Those are the books I refuse to read. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they're wonderful books, but I was in fourth grade or third grade maybe. And, um, she gave me these books and I was like, mom, why can't I choose? Um, and she's like, no, you're going to like these books. Trust me. And I was like, no, not." And then I sat down and read them and sobbed, uh, because oh. what else would you do when you finish those books? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it was where the, where the Red Fern Grows First, and then she gave me Bridge to Terabithia, and she she didn't give me any warnings for these, which... Oh, dear. Um, so I didn't know what I was walking into, but I ended up, I did end up loving them, and I think it's because they evoked, like, that feeling in me. I think that it was that freedom to just read it, to read good literature, and to enjoy it, that was that was helpful for me there. And so I I think we found this theme of maybe a little bit more freedom in what we're reading in school might help us not fall into these reading slumps where it becomes joyless, joyless type of reading. Um, So you guys both mentioned that you're currently in reading slumps. Um, so maybe this is a hard question to answer, but what are some things to, that you think have helped you or would help you or others maybe come out of a reading slump? I actually have
2: a really good answer for this. Oh, let's hear it. So I recently got my first library card. Mm. Shocking. Recently as in December. And I got Libby on my phone and I have been churning through audiobooks. Wow! Just one right after the other. I've gone through the first two books in the Aragon series. I'm doing The Hunger Games for the first time. What well, am I doing? I'm doing like three other series right now. Dude. And it's like really getting me want to like go back and read. I feel like I don't have the time right now, but I'm having the impulse to read for the first time in forever.
0: You think it's maybe the, you don't have to look at it and feel like you're holding a thing that you have, that like you're obligated to read a certain way, that someone's reading it to you. Is that helpful?
2: Yeah, that's definitely helpful because like I'll read it walking to and from class and driving to work. So like I don't have to carve out time to sit down and listen to them. I'm The time's already carved out.
0: Nice, dude. So instead
2: of just like walking in silence... I'm walking to the sound of, I don't know, kids getting killed in the Hunger Games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's better than <laughs> silence, maybe? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. maybe? Audiobooks, noted. Yeah. You.
1: Um, I have never really been a big audiobook person, and I think that's because my learning style is more visual. Mm. But I have noticed that if I, if I seek out books that are the same kind of, I don't want to say cheap content but, like, yeah. less mentally strenuous mm-hmm. topics that I would watch in a movie, Yeah, then I find it a lot easier to get out of that slump. So I'll use that as a gateway book mm. to, you know, longer and more um, in-depth books. So I'm a real big rom-com yes. person. Mm. And so I've found a little, you know, genre of rom-com books that are only very very small amount of pages and not very many characters, but they have good plots and mm-hmm. they have decent characters. And I feel like that has helped me sort of build up to reading those books that I used to enjoy. Excellent. And so over breaks, I'll start off with a rom-com book and then I'll hit the harder stuff.
0: Nice. Sounds like you got a system. I love that you said gateway book because <laughs> I have definitely used that phrase before too. Um, And I think in high school, I was in a reading slump that lasted several years. Mm. Um, And I remember it, it was when COVID hit, and I guess I didn't have much to do anymore. And I was talking to a friend, and she was telling me all about this book that she loved. And I was like, I miss that. I really miss that. And I found something that was, you know, it's not like a game changer in the world of words on paper, but I liked it a lot. Um and it was a it was a fantasy book that wasn't super long and it was my gateway book and mm-hmm. I read that one and then I just was on a roll after that, um so I totally get that and you know what I need to try audiobooks I've never I've never went the audiobook route before but I need to do it I should give them a second chance yeah you should definitely try it because
2: one of my coworkers told me that the Madison County the Jackson Library. Is like one of the best funded in Tennessee, other than Memphis.
0: Aww. That actually surprises me just a little bit. Me too. But I will definitely remember that. Well, this has been this has been a great conversation, guys. I've really enjoyed talking about this. Books are books are something I really love to talk about, and hopefully, um, we've maybe given some people some tips. If they you out there are in a reading slump, um, maybe try these things. Hopefully, um, you can come out of that. But you know, this too shall pass. All things will end and we'll come back out of our reading slumps and find joy in reading again. So um, thank you for listening to our podcast today. Thank you, Maddie and Emma, for joining me today. Um, And if you would like to hear more podcasts or read more articles from Cardinal and Cream, please visit cardinalandcream.info. And we can't wait for you to join us again next time.